Hello and welcome to the Lee Schools TV podcast. I'm Adam Wright. Joining us today is Tammy Scott. Tammy, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I know you have been eagerly excited to do this for a long time now, so thanks for coming on. I appreciate the opportunity. (laughs) So Tammy, you are the MTSS coordinator, and I did some sleuthing. And I discovered that that stands for the multi-tiered systems of support. That's absolutely correct. Yes. (laughs) So we will talk about that in a little bit more detail a little later on. But we're having you on today because we're talking about something very important, and that is student attendance. And we especially wanted to have you on around this time of year because student absences tend to spike around the holiday season, correct? Yes. Unfortunately, they do. They spike around the holiday season. Um... Things come up and families want to take vacations or kind of get a little laxed in um, attending school regularly. So it's really critical um, that our students are in school, especially during this time period. There's so much learning taking place. um, So we want to make sure that our parents are aware of that. Yeah. So if you are a, a parent out there with students in the district and you're maybe considering maybe pulling them out of school a day or two early before the holiday break or maybe taking an extended vacation and coming back, Mm -hmm. you know, after the, when when the students are supposed to return after the break. This is really important for you to listen to because, Tammy, you've got a lot of good information about Mm -hmm. how it affects student achievement in the classroom, right? Just even just missing one day of school Mm -hmm. can have an impact. Yes. So if our students are missing two days a month, um, by the end of the school year, they could, in essence, miss a whole month of school. Uh, and two days a month of missing school does not seem like a lot. And that can be hard to track if it's um, the first week of the month and then the last week of the month. Uh, but that really adds up and makes it causes a negative impact on the students' uh, learning. So. so Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And it's a little bit different this year because... Uh, this is the first year, right, that students get the entire week of Thanksgiving off. Normally, they'd have to go to school up until the, the Wednesday right before Thanksgiving, right? right? What kind of impact do you do you see that having? I think it's going to have a tremendous positive impact um, for our teachers in the classroom and as well as our students. This way, families, if they want to travel, they can start traveling that Saturday before Thanksgiving and then come back on that Sunday and be ready to go for our students on Monday. Uh, there won't be any need to rush to the airport or anything like that. Hopefully they'll get better um, airline tickets and and all of those things to consider. Uh, But I'm born and raised here in Lee County, and I've never had a week off at Thanksgiving. So this is actually kind of exciting to have this opportunity for our families. I just hope that uh, we gain that learning time back um, before Thanksgiving and then after Thanksgiving. Um, for the holidays. Yeah. Is that, was that the main mindset behind giving students the whole week off is because we saw so many, you know, students missing school like that Tuesday, Wednesday before Thanksgiving? I can't speak for the calendar committee, but I can <laughs> speak to lots of conversations that I've been engaged mm-hmm. with in regards to um, hoping that that makes a positive impact on, on our students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I have some numbers. So, you know, hopefully that makes a difference and, you know, but then there's still winter break. And I know students are off the last day of school before winter break is December 20th, -hmm. and then they return January 8th. And our assistant director of communications, Rob Spicker, pulled some data for me. And, um, you know, our average daily absence rate for students um, is about 7% daily. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, 2019, on any given day, uh, there was about 
6,600 students absent. You know, we have 93 or so thousand students yes. across the district. So that's about 7% on any, any given day students are not uh, in school. And so compare that to December 20th of, of 2018, you know, right before the end of winter break. That number went from about 6,600 to about 8,600. And then just one day later, December 21st, I believe was the last day they were in school right before winter break. It spiked all the way to over 13,000 students were absent last year, the, the last day of winter break. Yeah. So obviously I'm sure a lot of people you know, think, how much are they really doing in the classroom the last mm-hmm. day of school? I think it's maybe early dismissal to that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you speak to why it's so important for students to, to be in the classroom all the way up until that last day before break? Absolutely. It is so critical that our students have the opportunity to continue to build relationships with one another and with the teachers as well. Uh, it's just as important the three days prior to Christmas break as it is the first 20 days of school. So we know that we're setting patterns in place um, in the very beginning of the year and students are forming friendships and all of those great things. But the relationship building also um, has an opportunity when things are um, around the holidays, when things look a little different maybe in the classroom where there are some projects going on or um, uh, just other opportunities outside of this traditional type of learning to engage with one another in a positive way. So a lot of schools are PBIS schools. That means um, they embrace a positive intervention behavioral program. And oftentimes you'll see schools give um, incentive program or parties and things of that nature right before the holidays. And you don't want kids to miss out on those fun activities. That's what those memories are made out of. I remember certain things that happened when I was in elementary school, and it typically is around the holidays and, and your different engagement in the classroom. So what can you, do you have any, um, any numbers or data on maybe some direct impacts that maybe missing a few days here and there can have on student grades or test scores or mm-hmm. anything like that? Yes. Uh, one of the things that is extremely important for our parents to understand that when When students are starting, even in pre-K and kindergarten, um, if students are missing uh, more than 10% of school per year, that would be 18 days of school missing, that they, in essence, have set up that pattern for the rest of their schooling. So if they continue that pattern up through third grade, their risk of being retained in third grade is huge. Um, If you think about all of the times that a student is out, when they return back to class, they're struggling trying to catch up constantly. So if they're working on catching up and they are already struggling to begin with, that compounds everything. In addition, it it does make for a very stressful time for our teachers because Mm -hmm. they are so... um, compelled to want to make sure that every individual student is learning to their potential. So if a teacher is having to do a lot of extra stuff for students that are missing school all the time, then our other students are um, not getting as much attention as they should. And it just, it creates that gap, a very wide gap in the classroom. So that is a challenge in and of itself. Um, I'm not sure if you know, Adam, but by sixth grade, students who are chronically absent, that is, a, that is a number one indicator of dropping out of high school. Mm-hmm. Sixth grade. And 
we don't think about that because they're just in sixth grade and what an impact that has, um, but that is a direct correlation. And again, chronically absent is yep. missing two days per month. Is that right? It is missing two days per month. Which so doesn't sound like a lot, but like doesn't. you said, it adds up. No, it doesn't. And the other thing, too, is chronically absent is defined by any absences, even excused absences, because what we are always um, searching for are learning opportunities. So even if a student um, may be sick, they're out and they're not learning in that um, lesson, the way that the teacher has designed that lesson. So they miss out on an awful lot. So it, it counts excused and unexcused. So what are you doing, you know, the, the district's mm-hmm. plan to kind of combat this? How are you trying to improve this situation? That's a great question. There are so many things that are going on in Lee County um, that I'm I'm proud to be able to witness on a daily basis. We have spent two years working with schools. Um, Every school now has a goal just specifically for attendance in their school improvement plan. Um, So that's for two years uh, that we've done that. And so they analyze their data. um, They take a look at what those barriers are for their students and then work through those. Another really positive thing is that we are embracing that multi-tiered system of support lens in regards to problem solving around those barriers. So in the past, our social workers have have had the heavy lift in regards to communicating with families in regards to attendance. But we are training more and more staff members to take a role in that. So we have our social workers that are able to partner with our schools and our problem-solving teams. We have administrators that are being trained, um, our intervention support specialists, and really uh, dissecting down what we can do to support that. So we have a lot of resources that we can connect families with. Our social workers do an amazing job with that. Um, We have a homeless liaison that really um, looks specifically on providing the interventions for those students. So uh, the best part about the chronic absenteeism piece is that it is something that is actionable. It is something that we can fix um, much easier than people may realize. So, for example, some students, um, they may not come to school because of transportation barriers. We have an amazing transportation department, um, and when we have students that are chronically absent, we can reach out to them and work through those challenges and and make sure that they have a safe bus stop, they have um, everything that they need to ensure that they get there. Um, Another barrier is health, Um, like your physical health Mm -hmm. um, and asthma, diabetes, those kinds of things. So our nurses are working with our families to ensure that they are connected with um, community agencies if they need that um, and connecting them and breaking those barriers down. That's That's all that it's about. One part is, uh, that can be challenging, is everybody is unique. So your barrier could be very different from my barrier, and so the the solution to that is um, unique in and of itself. So it takes time, it really does, but by broadening our team and putting the lens on um, our chronic absenteeism and the importance of that, that's really going to get us to where we need to be. We need our students in school so we can, we can teach them and they can learn. Uh, I was, I'm glad you were talking about you know the resources that the district has, mm-hmm. like social workers, because 
correct me if I'm wrong, but those are fairly new resources, if I'm correct. I think I feel like we've added, I think I've heard that we've yes. added some, a lot of social workers to right. our campuses because even just maybe five years ago, we yep. didn't have that many, correct? You are absolutely correct. And the reason why we were able to do that was through our mental health allocation. So we have a social worker full-time in every high school. Um, unfortunately, they're not full-time at the middle and, and elementary level, but Social workers provide a, a wide range of assistance and support to our students, and one definitely is in the area of mental health. So we have been able to increase the capacity for that. We want to view our social workers as not, um, it, you know, oftentimes parents are scared if a social worker calls them, and, and I get that. I, I do understand that piece, but it's only to connect the family with things that they may need. Um, it's not, we take the lens of everybody wants what's best for their kid. And, and I know that's what I want for my own child. Um, I want them to have more than what I've been able to have. So sometimes we need help with that, and that's okay. And our social workers are trained in those conversations with families. So I would encourage any family that um, a social worker reached out to them to engage in those conversations and to be um, upfront and honest and, and let them know what they need help with. Are there, are there certain ages or grade levels of students that you tend to see higher levels of absenteeism compared to other ages and grade levels? There is. Um, right now and traditionally, kindergarten um, is one of our biggest challenges. Uh, there, there are many reasons to that. Oftentimes, it's the first opportunity that students are in a structured environment. Um, sometimes families are just really unaware of the importance of attendance, so we're really trying to get the message out to our families. Um, but kindergarten is the biggest challenge. And then, unfortunately, our seniors would be the next grade level. <laughs> so opposite ends of the spectrum. It is opposite ends, yes. I think... My common sense kind of <laughs> tells me why it would be those two grade levels. Is it hard for some parents to, especially with the younger students, to let them go? I, yes, <laughs> it is. Actually. I'm sure there's many other reasons. You know, there are many. Unique yes. too, like you said. Yeah, and students, um, it does take a long time for a five-year-old to feel comfortable in a new environment mm. and to be okay with mom or dad leaving them. Mm. Um, but we have more and more of our students with mental health challenges as well, so that compounds the issue in regards to attendance. Um, but it speaks volumes to our teachers who are providing those engaging lessons and really motivating and encouraging our, our kids to come to school. So I'm sure probably very different strategies when you're um, dealing with kindergarten absenteeism and seniors in high school absenteeism. Probably yes. very different reasons why it is they're missing, right? Very, very different. Um, students that have a driver's license, hmm. we are able to... Um, uh, restrict that driving opportunity if they're over the age of 16. Um, so that is one encouraging piece uh, that we would want them to be in school. Um, the other thing that um, we really try to not do is um, have hearings or, or things of that nature to connect them with other agencies that are more accountability measures. What we really embrace is that intervention model and connecting our families um, to break down those barriers. Ultimately, we know that every child that graduates with a diploma in our community is worth a half a million dollars. Wow. 
every child. Um, so if we step back and we think about the importance of each individual student graduating, um, we know that they are going to contribute to our society in a more positive way. They're going to obviously pay taxes. Um, they have healthier lives. They have better relationships um, with people. Um, and so there's the positive impact they have is is really critical. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Was okay. Just, you know, parents or students out there who are uh -huh. maybe having problems with yep. absentees, this all ties back to graduation. It does. And, you know, people have heard this many times throughout their lives, but if you just want to, you know, <laughs> if you have all these ears out here listening, just the importance of graduating high school and what it can do for somebody. Yes. So somebody that walks out of high school decides to drop out, and then a student that continues and earns their standard diploma, right off the bat, that student can earn at least $10,000 or more per year before they ever even enter post-secondary school, technical school or college, $10,000 more than dropping out. Wow. That's a lot of money. For our families who are struggling, we have a high poverty rate in mm -hmm. our county. Um, $10,000 is a lot of money. That buying power alone, you can go and buy a washing machine if you need to. Um, you can purchase your groceries and not have to worry. Those simple things that maybe some people take for granted um, would be afforded to those individuals with that standard diploma. Um, living longer is really important, right? And um, healthier and having those better relationships. And that's what happens. Research has, has shown us, statistics has shown us that um, those students who earn that diploma, they, they earn, they have richer and fuller lives, for sure. And I'm sure, you know, just guessing incarceration rates oh. for non-high school graduates are much higher than high they, school graduates. They are. And that third grade level mm -hmm. is the key indicator. Really? Unfortunately, yes. Um, it By sixth grade, chronic absenteeism, dropping out, third grade reading proficiency. Mm -hmm. um, if you are not able to read by third grade, higher chance of, of a possible incarceration. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you were telling me, uh, you know, right before we got started that we're there's positive news. Obviously, this is a, an issue that all schools are facing district-wide, yes. but it's, you said that we're moving in the right direction. So you have a, I asked you, you know, if, do you have any idea of how Lee County compares to maybe other districts in the mm -hmm. state or what yeah. direction we're going in? And Absolutely. Our district, because we've asked schools to um, put a, an attendance goal in their school improvement plan, we as a district level have a goal of having no more than 15% of our population uh, chronically absent. Last year, we ended the year at 19.33%, so much higher. Mm. Um, we were over the state average. Uh, but I am happy to say that as of Friday, our percentage was at 17%. And that speaks volumes to the work that our schools are doing, the work that our problem-solving teams are doing. They're engaging our students um, and providing other opportunities for them um, to come to school and, and earn enriching activities. I think about AVID programs and think about the schools that do the men's club or the ladies club and those kinds of things, those are the activities that engage our kids and motivate them to want to come. The mentoring, all of those positive relationship building pieces. At the end of the day, if students don't feel safe in school, they won't come. 
if they don't feel nurtured or loved, they're not going to come. And our goal in Envision 2030 is for every student to feel as if they have one caring adult in the school that they can go to. And by focusing on that attendance um, piece of it, that directly impacts that goal. So we're breaking those barriers down. We're re-engaging our students back in school and then being able to provide that education for them. I know we recently, you know, started offering free breakfast and lunch to all students too. Does that have an impact on attendance? It absolutely yeah. does. And I love the um, the different things, thinking outside the box in regards to the breakfast on the cart and all of those things, like at Lehigh Senior High School, yeah. all of those things contribute to um, our student success and encouraging them to come. I will say that attendance is not solely a parental problem or parental concern. It is our whole community's concern. Mm -hmm. um, when we have our different departments around our district looking at things outside a typical lens, like you mentioned the breakfast and the lunch, that's what gets us to where we need to be mm -hmm. for our students. We can't do this by ourselves. Um, so we need to engage our community and, and various uh, projects, but we're getting there, definitely. Yeah, I mean, community is definitely key, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that November is Family Engagement Month. Yes. Any tips for families, parents out there on just what anything they can do at home that mm -hmm. can help improve attendance for their students? Absolutely. Aside from taking them out of school early for vacation? <laughs> yes. Do not take them out of school early. There's plenty of vacation time if you think about it. A week at Thanksgiving and then two weeks at Christmas. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you that two weeks at Christmas, although I like it in the very beginning, after the first of the year, I am ready to come back. I always was as a classroom teacher. I was ready to see my kids again. Um, so we know that when they come back after those long breaks, yeah. we need a reset time, but they're all super excited and ready to be with their friends. Mm -hmm. um, for parents, I think it's really important to continue to encourage them, um, to work with them when they're struggling in school. If students are struggling academically, then that becomes a barrier. So if parents are more aware of where their child is struggling, by all means, reach out to the teachers, reach out to the school, um, try to um, figure out what can help them. Um, but encouraging them to come to school, we even say um, at our ESOL Parent Institutes, we even say moms and dads, send them anyway, even if they say they have a tummy ache. Because chances are, by the time they get off the bus and they have breakfast and they see their friends, everything is fine. <laughs> and then if they're really bad, the nurse will call them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention or talk about? No, I think uh, we've actually covered everything. Yeah. So, yes. okay. So going back to your title, MTSS coordinator, multi-tiered systems of support. Um, well, I went on <laughs> the website, website and found your You're page. So good. And I'm just going to read this quote that you have right at the top. Okay. Uh, by Dr. Eric J. Smith, the former Florida Commissioner of Education. Mm -hmm. So this is right at the top of, of your page on our website. Quote, it is the responsibility of every educator, organization, and parent to actively engage in collaborative efforts to meet Florida's goals. In the unified effort, all schools in Florida should ensure evidence-based practices, instructionally relevant assessments, systematic problem solving to meet all students' needs, 
data-based decision-making, effective professional development, supportive leadership, and meaningful family involvement. These are the foundation principles of a response to instruction and intervention system, which provides us the framework to elevate the efficacy of our statewide improvement efforts. So. That's a mouthful. <laughs> um, how does that tie into what you do? I mean, yeah, like mm -hmm. th that's a lot of good information. So kind of the um, almost kind of like a mission statement for for what you do. But MTSS, multi-tiered systems of support. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? And aside from, you know, making sure kids are in school every day, what else do you work on? What else do we work on? So I have the pleasure of working with intervention support specialists at every school. And when we um, have them for training, we talk about the different interventions that are um, best practices mm -hmm. to connect our students with. But most importantly, we talk a lot about our data and what our data looks like and making sure that our systems are all in alignment. So if we have way too many students that are not uh, meeting proficiency, then we know that we have to go back to what we call our universal supports, our supports for all students, and make sure that we have a real solid foundation. And that is something that in the area of um, academics, our curriculum department, our teaching and learning department, excuse me, works endlessly on is making sure that our, st our teachers have the right materials in front of them. They can make those decisions. Um, we also work with our PLCs within schools, which is another um, tier, <laughs> another letters yeah. PLC, yeah. and that's when teachers gather together. So maybe um, all algebra teachers gather together and they look at the data and figure out okay what was working and what's not, and then what can I tweak to work um, or do something over again with another student. Uh, lots of students learn in different modes, so we can't always be. Um, providing instruction in the same way for everybody. So we're always trying to mix things up a little bit, but just making sure that we have connected all of the interventions and the learning opportunities for each student. That really is what MTSS is in a nutshell, um, but it does take a team. It's not something that a teacher alone can do, um, not because they are not able to, but because when um, three heads are together, uh, lots of great ideas come out of that, and uh, we also don't want teachers to um, get burned out. Mm -hmm. If they have 25 students in their classroom and they feel as if they need to do 25 different things, that's not what that's about yeah. at all. We're, we're really making sure that we group our lessons and our instruction accordingly to meet the needs of the students. Well, I know you're doing a lot of great work. Oh, and, thank you. Um, so you said you were uh, you grew up in Lee County? I did. Yeah. Um, yes. Did you go to school in the district? I yeah. did. I mm -hmm. went to Calusa Elementary. Okay. And I was I had the privilege in fifth grade of being the um, the head of the post office. Wow. So I was yes, it was a big. What, to were, do what as were your a duties grader. as the head of the post office? Um, just ensuring that all of the people were getting the the um, letters and everything yeah, out cool. to the students. Yes. It's a very important job. It, it, it was, yes. And then I did go to Calusa Middle um, and then North High. Okay. And we were not a choice district at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I moved houses and had to move to a different school. So I ended up going to Mariner High School and graduating there, um, fighting trains. <laughs> and so how long have you been with the, with the district? I have been with the district for 23 three years. Wow. So yeah. you started when you were 10? I did. Yeah, yes. Cool. That's, 
really? Uh, yeah, what, since 96. I'm sure you haven't been the MTSS coordinator the whole time. No. What, you've been through in a few different roles with the district? I have, yes. I taught first grade for nine years and then fifth grade. And then about 12 years ago, there was an opportunity to start this RTI. They called it Response to Intervention, which is now called MTSS. And I did that at the school level at Skyline Elementary and then Orange River Elementary. Uh, lots of great learning happened then. And then I had an amazing privilege of being an assistant principal at Sunshine Elementary. And then I joined the team down here at the district office about four years ago. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're lucky to have you. Well, thank you. Uh, all right, Tammy, what's your favorite book? My favorite book is I Love You, The Purplest. It is a book that, it's a children's story that I would read to my first or fifth graders around Mother's Day. Um, and it's just very heartfelt. Yep. I love you, the purplest. Give us an idea of what So a um, mom has yeah. two boys, and um, if you have siblings, you know that you're, when you're young, you're always competing for your mom's attention or your love, and knowing, was, is my, do you love me more than you love my brother kind of a thing? And so mom is able to share with each individual child um, why she loves them the most, like the bluest and mm. the reddest. Gotcha. And so really making them feel, yes, <laughs> special. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite movie or TV show? I am um, a junkie for crime shows. Okay. So I love or this is a family or, <laughs> or Blue Bloods. Blue okay. Bloods is a, I, we love that one. Uh, aren't there like nine different NCISs these there days? There are. Okay. I don't keep up with all of them. I don't have that much time. But you stick with the the, the, main the OG. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you have a favorite song or a favorite musical artist? Kenny Chesney is probably yeah. my favorite musical artist. Okay. Hey, a lot of people talk about country, and I just don't have a lot to offer because I'm not a big country <laughs> fan. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you should come to our side, Adam. He always wears a cowboy hat, right? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. And he has his toes in the sand. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> he wears a cowboy hat. That was a real <laughs> shot in the dark there. Okay. What was your favorite subject in school growing up? My favorite subject was language arts. Hmm. Yes. I'm not sure why though. I always liked it. I think I just liked the writing mm -hmm. and the Reading organization. And and, yeah. and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. What about grammar? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Tammy, if you could have dinner with anyone living or dead, who would it be and why? That's a great question. And quite honestly, I have an awful lot of questions. Mm -hmm. um, so really, the person is Jesus. Mm -hmm. I have so many questions. Yeah, you're not the first I person to say that. Don't so. understand an awful lot yeah. sometimes. So, yes. Why so not? Wait till I get there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tammy Scott, MTSS, Multi-Tiered System of Support, Coordinator for the School District of Lee County. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. All right. And thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you next time.